Good morning. Great job. Great job, Benjamin. Thank you, sir. Uh, nobody's up here because they want recognition. But can we just take a second and acknowledge the leadership on this stage? All right, uh, so I'm just going to say that last night, late at night, John, I sent you a text asking if the teens would be up here, so I, I'm glad you didn't respond to it because we were kind of worshiping, but um, I'm glad they're here. Uh, last night, late at night, I, um, I did not know what God wanted to say to us. And I've said for 22 years, when we started the church that I wasn't going to say nothing if there was nothing from the Lord. So that being said, um, go to the book of Second Chronicles. Wait, what? That's a real book in your Bible. And let me tell you this, I have no verses on this screen because of how late it was when God asked me to speak about this. Um, so go to Second Chronicles 8. Use your table of contents. I ain't worried about it. You, almost all of you are using your apps or whatever, so it, it's a little easier today, isn't it? Um, so... In 2007, I preached out of this text. Uh, this is not the same message, but I preached out of this text, and it moved me so much that I had to live with it for a decade. Um, so, is it okay if we talk about it today? This is one of the great revivals in the Old Testament, and I believe if you're here at the body date, you're here because your desire is to see the church turn her focus back on Jesus. Because um, I ain't going to lie, if, if the last 18 months has taught me anything, I have nothing outside of that. I have nothing outside of that. Um, so... Uh, God said that his glory will be greater in the latter days than it was the former. Uh, that's, a, that's a verse. You can Google it later. Uh, <laughs> he also says the wheat and tares will be separated. So it's not our responsibility necessarily. Uh, it's God's. It's God's thing that he is taking care of right and wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't have a voice. Don't mishear me, because Kim gets really mad when I get misquoted. Um, but the challenge I see as I travail for revival and holiness and purity to come back to God's house isn't going to happen until the people of God 
hate what God hates and loves what he loves. I mean, I don't, I, I'm a simple man. And can I say, let me step over here. Can I, this is my opinion, uh, and my opinion means nothing, and you don't have to write this down. Please don't write this down. But, I, but I, every time the word revival is used or revelation, uh, 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 excuse, I'm sorry, revolution is used, it, it steals the thunder from the word. Because it's just, oh, we've heard that before. Listen, I grew up in the church. At five years old, my daddy got saved. And I, 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 I never missed, oh my gosh, I can't even tell you how many times I went to church a week. Uh, not to mention being on the road with him playing. Uh, so I, they would use the words like revival. And then unfortunately, Many of us grew up where they would schedule a revival. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I not up here by myself, am I? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Uh, and can I tell you that's just ridiculous. You don't schedule a revival. How do you schedule a revival? No, God shows up and you either change your life or you don't. I mean, I don't... I, I'm trying not to. I'm not trying to go in hard on you, but it's like I ain't scheduling no revival. Maybe I'm just. I'm, maybe I'm just old and cantankerous. Uh, John, you with me? Okay, stay with me, man. Because I mean, I'm trying to trying to find the guy with less hair than me. So I might just be old and cantankerous. Don't what you. George is acting like he ain't looking at me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't schedule no revival. So I want to talk about how they had revival come to a nation. No, not just a group of people, although it starts with a person, but to a nation. Um, you, <laughs> revival will mess you up. If you understand revival, I've been a student of revival since the day I come to know Jesus because I was intrigued by it. Um, I, wasn't, I, wasn't, I wasn't looking for anything. I, I, I wasn't trying to start a movement. But I was a student of revival when God said, Hey, come to me back in 1983. Um, but revival is divine chaos. And I'll say again, and, I, and again, I'm not harping on you, but you'll either change your life or you won't. That's just all there is. I mean, I, I don't have a, there's not a middle so I don't have a cute message today. Uh, as I said already, um, as you can see, there are no verses because my beautiful wife saw me wrestle with this message all weekend, longer than that. But When revival comes, it doesn't come in a package that conforms to our thinking. 
that's not what revival is. Um, and I know, you know, people have stopped talking about revival. I will never, you put me in the ground, and that's when I'll stop talking about revival. Because the church needs to come alive. Um, and, and FYI, we are the church. All these, all these youngins over here, they're the church. All you old ones uh, everywhere else, we're the church. So we need to come alive and do what we need to do. I don't want you to turn me off. Tom, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want you to turn me off before I even get started. No, I'm, you know I'm, you know how long you've been here. You know I'm going all in. Because if this is my last day, I'm going all in. Are you kidding me? Um, revival upsets doctrines. Let me rephrase that because that might not be as the church has defined. It upsets uh, dignities. I know you know what I mean. It upsets plans. Revival upsets performances. Uh, overturns agendas. It even aggravates the comfortable. But I'm shooting for it anyway. And I won't stop until we get it. The background of our text, are you in Second Chronicles uh, 29? If, if you're not, I get it. You're probably still looking for it. <laughs> Who reads Second Chronicles? Uh, that'd be me. The background of our text involves the ministry of a guy named Hezekiah. Hezekiah. Don't name your kid that. Because I would probably make fun of your kid if that was. He was the son of a man named Ahaz, uh, and he was a wicked king. Ahaz was the wicked king. Um. You can find this story in, in chapter 28. Don't, don't go there because I'll read it for you, but we're, we're going to be in chapter 29. But uh, Hezekiah's daddy did everything he could to upset what God was doing. Sound familiar? With our, and and I, I ain't hating on our nation, but I'm saying... Does it sound familiar that everything we stand for is kind of being like either overturned or fought against? Do you know that's nothing new? That's nothing new. And, and, and we think we, it's the worst time in the world. No, we're about to read it. Um, so... When Ahaz did everything he could do to turn the nation into a heathen nation, and that, that's in your Bible, that, and you can read it on your own, but Second Chronicles 28, but for the sake of time, I'm not going to read that chapter. Um, he erected uh, pagan altars and idolatry, and 
everything. Well, let me just, okay, verse 19 of Second Chronicles 28. The Lord was humbling Judah because King Ahaz encouraged his people to sin and had been utterly unfaithful to the Lord. That's the New Living Translation. Utterly, uh, completely unfaithful to the Lord. He removed all forms of guidance and instruction and worship and everything from the temple. He boarded up the doors so that no light got in. He boarded up the doors so no one got in. He eventually dies. His son, Hezekiah, assumes the throne I would ask you to follow with me in Second Chronicles 29. Let's start in verse 1. Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah. Pause. Don't blow by this too fast. He's 25 years old. I'm not going to ask you and don't raise your hand. Where were you at 25? I wasn't qualified to be king of my own life, much less. <laughs> oh, my word. He was 25 years old when he became the king of Judah, and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. Uh, and it talks about his mother, etc., etc. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight, just as his ancestor David had done. Now, if you remember, one of David's description was David was a man after. Yeah, and that doesn't mean anything other than he pursued the heart of God. That's what that means. So Hezekiah said, you know what? I'm going to pursue the heart of God. And he did that. I, I believe that's the first key to restoration. No, I know it's the first key to restoration and renewal is that we become God conscious and not man conscious. That we pursue God's heart, not someone else's approval. When we care what God thinks and not what man thinks, it changes how we go forward and make decisions. We, we, we care about what God thinks, not about what a board thinks or a denomination or whatever. And I'm not being disparaging whatsoever. Don't mishear me, please. Uh, but, but I'm going to stand regardless of what anybody thinks. Verse 3, in the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the doors of the temple and the Lord of the Lord and repaired them. Praise the Lord that someone decided, you know what? I'm fixing this mess. I'm fixing this crazy nonsense. Um, and, and I think what we're missing is a priority in the church. Uh, we got to make the change we want to see. 
I'm, I'm going to say this over here because y'all because were sleeping on me on that one. Uh, we got to make the change we want to see. Happy birthday, Emma. You hate that I said that right now. I can see it in your face. We got to make the change we want to see. And to do that, we have to know the heart of God. We got to love what he loves and hate what he hates. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know a simpler way to say it, but um, Hezekiah didn't wait a week or a month. or No, he didn't wait on him getting a pay raise. He didn't wait on him getting a promotion. He did it. And I'm, I'm calling the body Dayton to do it. Uh, he, he began restoration in the house of God immediately. Why did he do that? Because he seen there was a need. If you don't, I'm not pressuring you at all. I'm just saying, uh, I see it. So I'm, bless you. I'm just saying, let's, let's, let's make the change that we want to see. Things are not, all right, let me come over here. Things are not right in the house of God. I'm not even talking about this physical house. I'm talking about our faith. Things are not right. Then let's fix it. <laughs> I told, I told Miss Kim, it might have been yesterday. It might have been Friday. The days run together when you're this age. Um, but I told her, I said, I have, I don't have, a, I have one message. It's hope. It's Jesus. It's all I have. I don't, I don't have anything else. I didn't go to seminary. I'm not saying you shouldn't go. But I never went. Uh, I, I just said yes to Jesus. And I'm like, well, all right, here we go. <laughs> I don't even know what's up. I'm a guitar player. That's all I am. I'm nothing more and nothing less. But if we see a problem, what are we doing about it? me to my message because in our text I'm sorry please forgive me but my OCDs won't let me have this guitar sit like that <laughs> which brings me to my message because um, our text tells us um, if we desire holiness and we desire righteousness and all the things, and I know we have the righteousness of Christ. I, I, I don't need you to send me an email. Uh, but Hezekiah did things that were pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Now, that's a series. That, that, that alone is a sermon series on what's pleasing in the sight of the Lord. This ain't our first day in this room. 
So uh, let's, 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 I'm not even going to talk about it, but think about what isn't. And if you want to see change come to your home and your family and your nation, your community, you've got to first You've got to first understand that believing what you believe and it's not about what you do, but what you do has to be pleasing in the sight of the Lord. Or he can't bless it. That's my point. Or he can't bless it. Um, I, I, one of the notes I wrote down in my notes uh, from when I talked out of this passage in 2007 was, we need some heroes in the church today. Uh, some people that will model integrity, and I'm not implying you're not. <laughs> I, I don't do life with you every day, but I'm saying they will model integrity and character and holiness and health, honesty and purity. Um, we just need some heroes. We, we, we need some Wiggleworths. If you don't know who that is, you can Google that right now. Because whatever he writes is probably more important than what I'm saying right now. Because he was just such a man of God. Simple man, no education. We, we need some Smith Wiggleworths. We need some Leonard Ravenhills. You're like, I don't know who any of these people are. Then that's bad on us. I mean, you know who all the Hollywood pastors are. Who the megachurch pastors are. Man, we need some Wesleys and some Finneys. That will stand up and say, no. No. I will. I will resist I will resist. When I was on the road, I was endorsed by a clothing company called Modern Rebellion, and I got so much flack um, from that because people thought, rebellion can't be in the... No, I'm rebelling against what everyone else thinks. So, no, watch me rebel against that. Uh, obviously, I'm not that popular because of that. <laughs> and that's all right. The first thing that he does, that Hezekiah does, in verse 3 of Second Chronicles 29, is in the very first month of the first year of his reign, Hezekiah reopened the door of the temple of the Lord and repaired them. He opens them, he fixes them, and he's like, come on in. 
yeah. Uh, There's a reason the doors have to be open. Uh, Verse 5 of 2 Chronicles 29 said, He said to them, listen to me. Purify yourselves and purify the temple of the Lord, the God of your ancestors. Remove all of the defiled things from the sanctuary. We don't want to hear this today, do we? We want to become Holy Spirit. It starts with an individual that says, you know what? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done trying to fight my battles. I'm done with this. I'm done. Basically, what Hezekiah did, and I'm going to get there, but he, he, he carried out the trash. Oh. And, and if the doors aren't open, we can't carry anything out. Likewise, nothing can be allowed in. Which was his daddy's point in boarding everything up. Because he's like, I I want it the way I want it. I just felt, I felt the weight of that. I want it the way I want it. And it doesn't matter what anybody else wants. It doesn't matter what God wants. Um, And what's beautiful is he didn't just open them, he repaired them. I know, I know, I'm getting, I'm getting in the weeds on this, uh, and, and I hope I'm... Uh, doors have a twofold purpose, and I set it to permit access, and that things uh, can't come in. And if we don't repair our doors of our heart, our soul, our mind, then people thoughts and things just come in willy-nilly. Kids, willy-nilly is a phrase that um, that uh, people from Miss Kim's generation uh, <laughs> it just means they just come and go. So all day you spend fighting the thoughts. And the the heaviness that you feel in your heart. He's like, I didn't just open the doors. I fixed them. I fixed them. I repaired them. Yeah. Um. All right. I think we'll agree there's some things you want in your house and don't want in your house. Sometimes in my laziness, I will leave my door open. And Miss Kim will say, uh, what if a raccoon comes in our house? Wait, what? That never entered my mind before, right? Now I'm scared. I don't even want to go in my house now. <laughs> what, what if a possum comes in our house? There are some things you want in your house and some things you want out of your house. A step number one, repair the door. Repair the door. 
so that you let in what you know needs to be let in, but you keep out what you know needs to be kept out. Um, we're talking about the beginning of the one of the greatest revivals in the Old Testament, and it started with the opening and the repairing of the doors of the house of God. Uh, and and I, I, I mean, I've been doing this for a minute, uh, but you, you might imagine some of the things I've, I've had to deal with. But I've never had a problem with someone that spent time with Jesus. Never. Revival comes when individuals say, you know what? What matters right now is the kingdom of God. What else do we have? Come on. Um, yeah. I'm, 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 I'm not going to be a hypocrite anymore. I am going to bring heaven to earth. You can do Many of you do do that. Um, I'm going to open the door, and it might be a little embarrassing at first. But I'm doing it. Because what matters is the kingdom of God. Because at the end of the day, nothing else matters. Nothing else in verse 5 of Second Chronicles 29, he says, Listen to me, you Levites. Purify yourself and purify the temple of the Lord and uh, the God of your ancestors. Remove all the defiled things from the sanctuary. So basically, he took the things from inside of the house. Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. If, if you read Second Chronicles, uh, especially if you read it in the King James, it's a little m m uh, more... Um, challenging. I still love it. No, don't misunderstand. Uh, but, but you'll notice if you read this, he doesn't do any anything to the outside of the house. Oh, I'm just going to pause for effect because that's what communicators are supposed to do, I've heard. Uh, he did nothing to the outside of the house. He did nothing to the Are, are we the temple of God now? Yeah, the New Testament is very clear about that. Therefore, um, it, it wasn't that he worried about... What he did was he went inside the temple. He went inside the temple and he took stuff out, John, that was a problem. See, um, the way I was brought up is you took care of this first. Cut my hair. You know how many times I heard cut my hair? Now my hair don't grow, so I ain't worried about it. Yeah, yeah. Cut your hair. You certainly can't look like this. What? <laughs> how dare you? No one ever asked me about what was going on in here, ever. 
And I'm not, I'm so thankful for how I was brought up. Don't mishear me, please. They taught me some great things about being a dad and a husband. But when it comes to holiness, no. No, because holiness was how you looked. Hezekiah said, uh, I'm not working on the outside of this building. I'm working on the inside of this building. So, so, so what on the inside of your temple? I, I got six more pages of notes. But I feel like God's saying, this is it. And you can believe I'll listen to him. Um, what on the inside do you need to carry out? What on the inside of your temple? Do you, man, I'm not asking you to dress away, look away, act away. What on the inside do you need to carry out? You're like, honestly, BJ, I haven't even thought about that. Can I ask you to just think about that for a sec? Just, just think about that for a minute. Unforgiveness. Um, let me just get all down into it, Pastor Dwayne. Hate. Disobedience. What needs to be carried out? Hey, it's time the church repaired the doors. And we took out the trash. Now, as I told you, I have plenty of notes, and um, in those notes, it talks about how they all came back, and they had this big church service, as we would know a church service. They worshiped, and they praised. None of that happened. None of that happened until they cleaned up the temple. What in your temple needs to be taken out? You're like, that's a little heavy, PJ. Can, can you just say we're all going to heaven? Yeah, I can. But that's not my assignment today. My assignment is to ask you what needs to be taken out. you've been here a couple of times you, you know I, I don't I don't talk about anything I ain't had to deal with and I had to deal with doubt I had to deal with uncertainty I 
I had to deal with unbelief. And it is so far behind me, it's not even funny. I don't know that I'll ever revisit this again, but I'm not going. I'm not going any farther in my notes. I'm just not. What I am going to do, however, is read you this word because there's nothing I can say that's more important than this. Hezekiah said, our ancestors were unfaithful. I'm not pointing fingers. I don't want you to point fingers. It doesn't matter who did what to you. No, I'm sorry. That's insensitive. It does matter. I'm just saying, in terms of you changing the world, at some point, we just got to go, man. Our ancestors were unfaithful and did what was evil in the sight of the Lord our God and abandoned the Lord in the dwelling place. They turned their backs on him. They also shut the doors to the temple's entry rooms. And they snuffed out the lamps. You're like, I don't even know what that means. But we have lights. No, it was worship and praise. It was worship. And so Hezekiah's daddy Shut the worship down. He said, you guys can't do this anymore. I'm the king. They stopped burning incense, which is the prayers, and presenting burnt offerings at the sanctuary. That is why the Lord's anger has fallen upon Judah and Jerusalem. Can I ask you a serious question? Do you want the... Anger of the Lord. Oh, you know what we're talking about, right? We're, we're talking about the creator of the universe. Who, who could stop all of this with just a thought? And he made them an object of dread, horror and ridicule. Man, that's not on my agenda. Uh, because of this, our fathers have been killed in the battle and our sons and daughters and wives have been captured. But now I will make a covenant with the Lord, the God of Israel, so that my fierce, so that, excuse me, his fierce anger will turn away from us. I'm, I'm just asking you today to make a covenant Hey, hey, Jeff, what's a, what's a covenant? Uh, it's more than a promise. It's more than an agreement. It's like, come hell or high water, I am not 
breaking this. Hey, it's, it's what I have with my wife. No, man. So, I'm going to ask one more time, and I'm not going to ask again. I'm not. What in your temple needs to be carried out? Uh, every head up, every eye open. Uh, none of this was done in secret. Uh, so if, if there's something you need to take out, if there's some trash you need to take out, I'm inviting you to come to this altar. You're like, we don't do altar calls. Well, sometimes I do. I'm inviting you to come. And let's just deal with it. Let's just deal with it. I'll give you some space and some time to take care of what you need to take care of. When you're ready, Pastor Dwayne, would you come help me pray with these folks? Oh. Hey, everybody at the altar, what you're not going to get from any of us in this room is counseling advice. We're going to lift you up in prayer. <laughs>